Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Thank you, Larry. Uh, uh, welcome, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here uh, on WATD 95.9 out of Marshfield, WMEX 1510 out of Boston. You get the BLT as well. Uh, I, I think no, that's BMS, Wolfie. That's a, that's different, but it's, it's three letters. It's okay. You had to be right. You want He's one hungry. out of three. That's He's not hungry. bad. <laughs> that that that's not bad. Everybody, you better put your seats in the upright position and uh, put your tray tables up, fasten your seatbelts, because we got the crews here and ready to go today. Because we're we're also being played on. Uh, when we can get a word in edgewise here, uh, uh, we, we get invaded from time to time. Uh, it is Halloween, so you never can tell who's coming out of the woodwork. Uh, uh, but we want to also uh, thank our listeners on Reads Across America uh, every week at uh, uh, every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Uh, and every Sunday at 6 a.m. They replay our shows. So uh, if you uh, missed tonight's show, uh, uh, you can uh, plan on hearing it uh, either Sunday morning with a cup of coffee or Wednesday night with a uh, perhaps cocktail. a cocktail. Perhaps a cocktail. Uh, uh, Justin and I are on the same page, unfortunately, uh, a couple of deviants. But, uh, Justin, thanks for coming in tonight. Hey, I want to thank you and Kate for getting us here. If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be here tonight. Kate was time. great. She hustled us through. Uh, Kate's at the Mia Regazza. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, does a great job and uh, tip your bartenders and waitresses. <laughs> yep. So if you go in, ask for Kate and tell her you heard about her here on the Veterans Voice Radio. Uh, I think she'll be happy to hear that. Uh, uh, Jenny, thanks for coming in tonight, dear. Happy to be back. Well, nice to have you here, kid. And uh, a, a friend is back after too long away. Gail Clark. Gail, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Well, and for the audience that might not know who this Gail, the Gail Clark is, uh, <laughs> would you introduce yourself uh, for the audience and a little bit about what you do with the VA? Sure. Um, my name is Gail Clark, and I work at the Geriatric Mental Health Outpatient Clinic. We have a clinic in Brockton and Jamaica Plain. We work with older veterans over 65, um, and we get referrals from primary care, um, from different providers throughout the VA to work with veterans that are experiencing um, depression, anxiety, late onset PTSD, um, adjusting to retiring, adjusting to age-related changes, um, medical issues, Parkinson's disease, relationship issues. So we provide um, psychiatric. Boy, what a big world you you, you you just addressed there, Gail. <laughs> exactly, exactly, um, and especially this time of year, we get really busy because around the holidays, um, sometimes people reflect on their lives and maybe things aren't where they want them to be or where they'd hope 
they would be. So they might struggle a little bit with depression. So we're there for them. We're there for every older veteran um, to provide support, give them skills and strategies to maybe look at things differently, to change the way that they think about things, um, and also to provide other veterans w- that they can connect with through groups that we have. Are, are they? Um, are you seeing a larger number of senior veterans kind uh, self-identify that? Gee, I don't feel good right now, or that it, it, uh, is it? Because we encourage, and I know Jen encourages everybody, if you're not feeling well, talk to somebody about it. Do you see increased numbers of people, do you think, talking to you? Are there more people? I know we have a a larger veteran, senior veteran population right now. Right. We have a lot of people looking for help, you know, self-identifying that, um, they're more irritable. Their partner's telling them they're more irritable. They, they lost their partner. Right. A lot of losses. Um, and, you know, they want the this part of their life to be better. I've lost six close, close friends and family members in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the age as we get, as, as we get older, uh, is this... You know, even worrying about getting older right. is, a, is a problem. Uh, right. So our, our vets, uh, uh, do you think that they're um, self-medicating a little bit to, to, to get away from their problems, or is it just similar to what goes on in the rest of the world? Right. I think um, a lot of things, I mean, self-medicating maybe by drinking alcohol on a nightly basis. I mean, that's a conversation we have a lot because, you know, the thinking has changed from a medical perspective on drinking alcohol. Um, How so, Gil? Well, um, you know, one of the things that at the VA we follow is what the American Medical Association recommends. And some people, you know, will have a drink a night with their meal, and that, according to the American Medical Association, is too much alcohol. Wow. So it's okay to have a drink, you know, on the with your meal on the weekend, but that daily drinking isn't recommended um, for anybody, but especially as you get older because, you know, your liver isn't functioning as well as it did when you were 20. Um, and everybody wants to maintain their current level of functioning. You know, there's nobody that would say they want to lose um, any independence they yeah. have. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talk a lot with people about that. We talk about, you know, cutting back. If they want to cut back, are they interested? Have they thought about cutting back on drinking? Has anybody said something to them about right. the, about their drinking? Gee, you were a little sloppy last night. Uh, uh, what, do you, what, what do you think about the next time maybe, you know? Because I, I, in my history... Talking to somebody that's had a little too much to drink is a losing proposition. Right. So we actually have an assessment tool that we have to do on people, and it pops up in our in, um, clinical reminders, and we go through it. You know, how much do you drink daily? 
Um, and then, you know, we explain to them, this is more than what's recommended. And have you thought about cutting back? And a lot of times people will say, yeah, I've thought about cutting back. And, um, you know, maybe having this conversation with a provider at the VA is giving them the motivation to, you know, maybe have a, a drink and then have several glasses of water. I mean, there's so many ways to cut back. Wow. I know I know that a lot of the older veterans uh, only think that, well, it's my liver and I'm, I, I'm okay with it, not realizing that it affects the heart and the lungs right. and it affects all the organs um, with the alcohol intake or and, drug intake. And let's not forget that beer is alcohol. Right. Exactly. My, 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 my uncle, God rest his soul, uh, when he was 46, uh, he drank a case of beer a day. Uh, he'd have a six-pack gone before he left the house at 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, at 46, they told, they said to him, Johnny, if, if, if you don't you know, cut back your drinking, you're going to die. He said, I'm going to die. And he did. Mm. God, oh. And a year after that, he never cut back. He just, he just maintained that, you know. And, but, I, I mean, when we were growing up as kids, beer wasn't alcohol. Exactly. Uh, liquor is alcohol. Right. Beer was like just what we drank, like Coca Cola. Uh, right. They only drank whiskey. There, there wasn't beer. Dad's age. Yeah. The whole crew drank uh, whiskey. They didn't drink beer. Morning, noon, and night. And you bring a great point up. A great point because um, some people will say, "Well, I don't drink the hard stuff," but alcohol is alcohol, whether it's beer, wine, whiskey, whatever. It's metabolic it's, poison, is what. It and, is. and when you think yeah. about a forty-six-year-old, unfortunately. You know, he could have maybe gone 40 more years. He right. could have seen his grandchildren. Yeah. You know, think of, you know, my dad died at 47, mm. um, not of alcohol. He had leukemia. And I think of when I turned 47, I thought he was old when he died because I was just 21. He was my dad, so he was old. But the day I turned 47, you know, I realized that 47 is way too young. Right. And all the things that he missed, seeing his grandchildren and, and look at now. In retirement and all the things that, you know, he missed. Um, so it is. It's 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 uh, it's that thinking that, like you said, it's, it's oh, it's only beer or it's only wine or I'm only smoking pot or I'm only doing this. It's not harming me. Not realizing that you know it over that forty years. Like you said, at twenty years old, you can bang down a, a case of beer, I guess, or a quart of scotch. But you know, at forty-seven and fifty-seven and sixty-seven, your body's just he not was go unbelievable. For it. Uncle, my uncle Johnny was unbelievable. He was a professional wrestler. Oh God, he had he had arms the size of my legs back then, you know. I uh, lived down the cellar, and we we gave him home food. You know, every night I'd bring a dish down to him. But, uh, you know, that was the style back then. You know, Wolfie, uh, yeah. Justin, uh, your friends and relatives came over the first thing. Hey, well, let me get you a drink. What 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 are you what are you drinking? Well, same as a doctor smoking while he's doing an exam. Yeah. Cigarettes hanging out of his mouth. He's worse doing than that. Is you were a bad host if you didn't offer a drink as you walk in the door, but was one for the road. Oh, right. oh, yeah. I had to have a road. You were a bad yeah. roadie. You were a yeah. bad host if you didn't offer one for the road. And that had extra alcohol. <laughs> if if you had two shots like regular, you're giving to somebody. No, we'll give you a four shot roadie because because we're gonna really really uh, take care of you. I don't know how my relatives ever made it home after some of my parties. I I'll, I'll tell you. No. But why don't we? Uh, Take a break here, and uh, we'll try to dry out our livers here as we uh, <laughs> come back and talk about uh, the the questions of growing old and 
and uh, how it affects the veteran population right now, and and maybe what we can do to, to to help ease the pain a little bit. So take it away, Lad. We'll be back after these messages. Well, we need to. All right, we'll make them feel special. We'll uh, make them an offer we can't refuse. Uh, what we're talking about here, folks, uh, next week is our uh, 35th uh, uh, food drive. Our second Thursday of every month is going to be held uh, a week from today, next Thursday at about uh, 10.30. And this is our pre-Christmas drive-through, folks. We'd really, really uh, uh, appreciate... What did I say? Thanksgiving. Wolfie? Thanksgiving. You say Christmas. Can we not skip Thanksgiving? We just had Halloween. Right. <laughs> you, you're time flies when you're having a good time. I don't Christmas, Christmas commercials you, you, you are on know? TV already. Wait, look, but. we just aged just like that, Gail. Yeah. Well, a senior moment there, Greg. Senior moment. Senior moment. Happy Fourth of July. I meant this Christmas, though. Right. Uh, but but for, uh, uh, for Veterans Day... Uh, for Veterans Day. For Thanksgiving... Um, we really like to do something a little bit special. Uh, uh, what would what would like to would want to accumulate a hundred squashes, a hundred boxes of stuffing, a hundred mm. cans of cranberry sauce, so that as as the vehicles are coming through, um, we can we can fill their bags up with the, with their vehicles up with the appropriate food, but. Uh, Wolfie, uh, I, I was talking to Kim, and uh, we, we can uh, change uh, uh, food cards, uh, gift cards rather, and we can use those. So if you want to drop off a gift card here to WATD downstairs, sometimes it's easier to do that than carrying a hundred squashes. And you, you try to get what Stop and Shop or Shaw's gift card, something you, what, that you, might be local. To any, those folks, anything right? that would be local that we can uh, then convert to. Uh, uh, you know, food stuff that we maybe we don't have through the pantries mm. that we'd like to offer the folks. Right. Yeah, the pantries really cut us back. So Greg figured it out that we need to get the um, what do you just call those the card things, the gift card cards, things. gift cards. Yeah. So what we do is we use <laughs> we don't we, so we don't we don't do that <laughs> stuff. We we do cash, cash. And, and we do quarters, nickels, yeah. dimes, but, pennies. So wait a minute, I got another quarter in my pocket. Yeah. So um, we're using the five hundred one c three. And we wrote up a nice letter, yeah. and we go into the, the wholesale food people, and they're giving us either the gift cards, or in the first we're going to say, geez, we have 100 people come through there, how are we going to do a gift card? But Kim is the best shopper in the world, so we're going to give her the gift cards, and she'll take a pile of them and say, say there's only 50 squash and we need the 100, she'll get a deal on the other 50 squash. Yeah. So that system is working, and then and we have a nice thing written up about it to go with the 501c3. So give Greg a call and get those gift cards it, to us. It's it's never been this. No, this is insane. It, it's never been this difficult for us to get food. Mm. So so reminding people that we do have a 501c3 that all this is all tax deductible. Any donations over two hundred and fifty dollars, we the Veterans Voice can. Write a letter, get offering a tax credit that that person can take, or company can take off their uh, 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 income taxes. I'm very proud of Greg. He sent to me six times. On the seventh time, he gave it to me. I finally sent it out. So we can send out. Kim can send out that real form, 
And mm -hmm. um, we need to do it on a weekly or a monthly basis. You know, two cans of soup once, you know, with all this work doesn't work. So we have the disaster aid trailer and Greg has a pickup truck. So if it's good for you, instead of throwing the stuff in the trash, Greg or I on a weekly, monthly basis, if you say on a Tuesday at 2 o'clock, we'll be there and pick up whatever you have. Especially uh, if you have loaves of bread, yeah. if you have... Uh, uh, some other frozen items, maybe we have a freezer that we purchased that that is perfect. That we, uh, you know, bring the bring the food over frozen, and uh, by the time we hand it out, it's defrosted. Although not in this weather, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just leave it in the street. We'll be fine. But the goon squad will be there. Rain, <laughs> snow, shine, it, it matters not. And uh, Wolfie, we started this and we ran it from twelve to two. Yeah, back thirty six yeah. months ago. And now it's 10.30 to yeah. 11 o'clock, 10.30 yeah. to noontime. 100% out of food by 11.45, 6,000 mm. pounds of hard-fought food to get. And we're out of food at 11.45. Well, the trailer is 100% empty. There's not a can in it. And, and it's something, Wolfie, it's, 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 it's almost like uh, turning around a, a, a battleship. It takes a long while to to develop a, a, a network of food donations. Wolf, you've been doing it for a long time now, but it's drying up. It's re it's really drying up. The Boston Food Bank. I guess I can throw them under the bus. Sure. Is is I don't know what they don't give us anything they now. Don't care anyway. No. I mean they care, but they're no position to help us. It's 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 so bad that you know the standard joke that Greg and I don't know anything. We know everybody. So I called all the big shots, and I said, hey, we can't get food. We're in trouble. And they said, oh, don't worry. Here's the name of the person at the Boston Food Bank. Use my name. Call him up. So I have four or five names. I call up a really nice on-the-ball young kid. And I said, yep, I'm Wolfie. I'm here. She said, yeah, I've been waiting for your call. That's terrific. I said, good. What do I sign, and where do I pick it up? She goes, no, you're not getting an account. No. I said, well, what happened to the I knew you were going to call? And everyone said, she said, we can't take another account. We can't service yeah. the accounts we have. And last month, mm. none of their accounts got protein. Well, I'll mm. I can tell you, Pine Street down in Fall River is in the same same boat. That's just another. It? Yeah, it's a veterans, all veterans only shelter, and their food is just. They, the executive director was on the other day, sending out another. Hey, we don't have enough food to keep our bank open, and I think you're seeing that across. Yeah, whether one, it's well, I think it's whether it's fatigue. Businesses on fatigue, or whether I, I don't know what it is, but economic fatigue. They're just not not getting the the amount of food out to the banks, and the, and the, the demand decreased. So oh. when it was a tiny bit extra everywhere, as soon as somebody cut back, all the extra is gone. Mm -hmm. So we're really out struggling. So for this Thanksgiving, we need a hundred turkeys. And by now, I got, you know, someone gave us 20, someone gave us 40, you know, a corporate, an organization. So far, I have promised seven turkeys. So as of this morning, we changed all that, and we went out, and we went to all our friends with a couple of bucks and said, give me 100, give me 200, give me 500. Yeah. And we have, we're going to go buy all the fixings. Um, because this is going to be for your thanks. This is going to be for your Thanksgiving. Yeah, we, this is separate from our drive-through. Right. Th thanks, Thanksgiving food, yeah. morning. Yeah. We all gather at Daddy's Beach Club. Yeah. They cook the night before. Yeah. Everything's all cooked, and the the uh, all the volunteers descend, and they all man a position, and some do stuffing, and some do potatoes, and some do squash, and some wrap it up in tin foil, and. Wolfie and I do nothing. We just uh, 
uh, watch everybody do stuff. Uh, Kim has got everybody in under she's, control. She's got them jumping. And, and, and in three hours, Wolfie, eight hundred, seven, eight hundred meals yeah, go out. Yeah. So what we do is is that when everyone's done leaving, well, some people just like to drive. So we have it on the computer. We have the eight hundred names on a computer, and the address and the location, and we break them. I down think by the groups. address is the location, Wolfie. Don't confuse. Pretty me. much. I'm getting confused. That's why he doesn't drive. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, clearly, I don't make any of the deliveries, and and so we break it down into routes. And Weymouth is Greg's from Weymouth, yeah. and of course it's. Um, we we all drop. We all do what we can. So everybody on their way home, you say, "Where do you live?" You go Weymouth. They hand you twenty meals. Say, "See you later." Yeah. On the way home. And oftentimes, Wolfie, those are for the for more than one member in the senior housing. It's for yes. you, you try to incorporate. To, to give everybody, everybody. in that cell, yeah. housing unit, don't yeah. you? Yeah, what we found out, and it, it's the same story that we discuss all the time. When Greg started this, it wasn't for the person who had a computer and a grandkid and a car and an internet connection yeah. and the newspaper. It's the person that doesn't have that. Okay. So the first time that we started, do, when we took this over, it was 47 meals. Right. And now we're doing 800. So we, we started a call on the first room. But, but, we, but we wanted them to sign up and, and veterans only That's right, when we first started yeah. but 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 then the food insecurity problem just blown up and mushroomed and 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 even after covid now it's 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 still mm-hmm. unfortunately a a program Gail, what do you see in the in the senior community are they having problems uh sourcing enough food uh within the commu- that community we are seeing that problem in just you know, talking about Thanksgiving every year for the past, I don't even know how many years, um, we Lombardo's would do a lovely Thanksgiving Day meal and um, they gave us 80 tickets. We got a whole stack of tickets and I would get rid of them well before Thanksgiving. So yeah. they're not doing it. They're it, not around anymore. They're I closing. Know. Yeah. So what a shame. It's, it's really uh, heartbreaking for yeah. a lot of the lonely older veterans because it was a beautiful celebration. They had yeah. music. People would dress up. It would be like a real festive atmosphere. Um, one thing I do know as far as Thanksgiving Day meals around um, other communities, I have a veteran in Quincy um, they're having a Thanksgiving Day meal the day before Thanksgiving at um, someplace in Quincy. So if you're interested in that, the senior center is the best place to call, you know, your local council on aging senior center. Local VSO. Yeah, and they can point you in the direction of who is having a meal. My town, I live in Whitman. Um, they're having something at Whitman Town Hall that um, I think the Knights of Columbus is sponsoring along with the police and fire. So, um, and, and WATD does a pretty good job of listening of listing yeah. the various locations. So, folks, if you're out there and you're going to be offering some sort of meals or something that 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 you want to get out there, WATD and WMEX and Reads Across America. All want to help you get that message out. We got two or three more weeks to go before Thanksgiving, so we got enough time to to get your message out there, so that uh, uh, our aim would be that uh, uh, everyone that needed a meal uh, at Thanksgiving was able to uh, that we were able to help them. Uh, 
Uh, Wolfie's been doing this for a number of years. We veteranized it a few years ago and in, included some of the veterans uh, uh, folks that we serve. But uh, uh, it's a great event, and uh, on the on Thanksgiving is uh, the 23rd, so uh, see if you can get down to, to, to Daddy's Beach Club at about uh, about 8 o'clock, Wolfie, 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Yeah, 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 8 o'clock to start um, um, setting up all the trays, and probably the delivery is about um, 11, 10, 11 o'clock, they start driving them home, but at 12 o'clock, we keep a hundred meals in daddies, so everybody comes in, and a lot of the people are just lonely. They just mm. want to be with somebody. So we have the grandkids there, and everybody kibitzes. Nobody sits. And alone. that's a free meal. That's a free meal. Thank you. Oh, you're gonna scream. <laughs> Little fabric. It's one hundred and fifty dollars a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reservations only. At limousine parking. We have valet parking. Because uh, it's a free meal, I just forgot to say that. Um, and it's just it's it's the WMEX Veteran Voice family. Yeah. So no, every people come in alone, and they you mm-hmm. know that we someone sits with them, and we all talk and we all laugh together. We'll sing a few songs and stuff like that. And Ellie's going to be dressed up as Pocahontas. Oh boy, Seal Queen <laughs> Marilyn Monroe is Pocahontas. So she'll entertain the troops. That'll be like Bob Hope entertaining the troops. <laughs> we always have a little bit of entertainment going on there, Wolfman, but. Uh, that's been going on, and it, it's it's amazing the uh, the the number of uh, volunteers that you get there. Two hundred and forty. Wow. Last year was two hundred and forty. Wow. That 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 that's cold. that's it's it was cold it was cold. Year. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was cold. Uh, uh, Jenny and I will uh, be uh, short timers there. Uh, we'll be uh, making sure the hot chocolate is warm. But uh, <laughs> at this point, lad, why don't we take a break and. Uh, uh, we'll be back after these messages to continue our show on growing old as a veteran and uh, what are some of the challenges. Take it away, lad. We'll be back after these messages. Well, welcome back, everybody. Greg Browser, your host of Veterans Voice Radio. Uh, uh, before we uh, get back to our show on uh, on uh, uh, growing old and growing old gracefully and feeling what we feel as we grow older, uh, we have one of our good friends on the phone, uh, George Bouchard, uh, uh, is the commander of uh, the Morissette Post in Quincy, and uh, George has uh, unfortunately some news about uh, one of our member, one of our, uh, our followers. George, you out there, kid? Yes, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, loud and clear, Georgie. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, Greg. Who's in the studio tonight? Oh, we've got, uh, you know, the normal cast. We've got Wolfie and uh, and Justin. and and are still wearing a Halloween costume. And, and, and Jenny and uh, Gail Clark. Uh, Gino's flying around here. Uh, Get it out. Keep it on be, eye, Being the sorcerer that he is. And uh, Gail Clark from the VA is here uh Talking about uh, what we feel like now that we're getting to be uh, sneaking up in a hundred. You should be worried about what you look like, not how you feel like. Okay. <laughs> if I worried about what I look like, George, I'd have more worry wrinkles than I do dollar bills. You know. Well, I just want to say hello to everybody. I wish I was there with you. Some some night I will stop in and uh, sit in the chair next to you. But uh, I, I just want to. Um, I have a few things to say. First off. Thank you for all what you guys do on this radio station. 
locally, nationwide. It's truly a pleasure to listen and learn from what, from your stories that you have on here. And your willingness to help veterans in any way is truly remarkable, Greg. Uh, you are giving hope to all veterans. And thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Um, today, uh, I'm calling in uh, to honor a good friend of mine uh, from the Morissette and the Morissette family. He was a graduate of Georgetown University Law School. He was a graduate of Notre Dame University, a very intelligent human being. On October 6th, uh, he passed away. Uh, we lost a great veteran. He was William Guy Ferris, Captain United States Air Force. And he was a Vetti Award winner with you, Wolfie. Yeah, On October 21st, we laid him to rest here in Quincy in front of a, an outstanding support group that included fellow veterans, his friends, family, and the Morissette family. It was a beautiful send-off for a great veteran who never stopped giving to his nation. I know the Ferris family is out there listening to this. They're all over the uh, country, especially his daughter. I wanted to tell them that you guys at the radio station did this for me two years ago when my brother passed away and what it meant to me and my family to show the love that you had for my brother really, really made me uh, so happy and, and, and loved by you guys. So thank you. So, Greg, I'm going to take it away here and let you guys do what you have to do. I want to send my good friend Guy the honor he deserves. Thanks for the memories. May you rest in peace. God bless you, Guy. God bless you, Guy. And that comes from all of us here at the Veterans Voice. And, uh, now, Larry, uh, if you could, please, uh, uh, for a final salute. Guy Ferris, uh, a friendly face that was uh, often at the Morissette Post, and uh, if he didn't know something, he pretended like he did. But he 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 was really he was he knew a lot of stuff. He was really bright and smiling and laughing and joking and a vet's vet. So, Guy Ferris, we salute you and. Thank you for your wonderful service, and uh, uh, you'll be forever missed, and uh, uh, we bless you, and uh, once again, thank you for your service. So that was a great veteran that, unfortunately, as we're getting older, uh, Gail, uh, you know, and what about the families of the older vets? Uh, how, how are they uh, fearing as they're, as they're, you know, uh, uh, seeing their parents change uh are, are they noticing 
differences in coming to you and and asking questions, you know, for their aging parents or grandparents, whatever it might be? That's a great point, Greg. And one of the things at the VA that we have is a lot of support for family members, caregivers. Um, it's, it is really challenging for um, adult children to see their parent, you know, their really strong dad um, who is a veteran, um, struggling with tasks they used to do really easily. Um, and also for the adult children, not really knowing um, how to talk about it. So one of the things that we try and do is provide um, a safe place for them to talk about it with the veteran. Um, and also, you know, letting the veteran know that they're not alone. A lot of people are struggling with the same things. Isn't that, that they the are. big? Isn't that the big thing? Nobody's yeah, alone. Exactly, exactly. And even with driving, you know, there's a lot of older adults where they reach a certain age and they're not driving anymore. Um, and you know, that's a real struggle for family members. And we try and and talk to the veterans about it being really a safety issue. You know, they haven't gotten into an accident, but how horrible would it be if they didn't see somebody crossing the crosswalk and, you know, hit a mom or a kid? Hit they, the wrong pedal yeah. by, by, by mistake. That that uh, Look at all the houses that people are crashing into. Right. I, I had two people crash into my office building, almost kill me twice. <laughs> No, it's absolutely I mean, I, correct. I, I, true story. I couldn't, I, I couldn't make it up. Uh, uh, lightning is lightning, but uh, you know, uh, cars not taking a turn on route on uh, route route two twenty eight wiped out my building twice in two months. Building was there two hundred years; it was fine. I'm there for for two months, and uh, you know, by five feet, the vehicle misses me, uh, crashing into the, the, this whatever. But um, well, you know, you said, Gail, it was kind of funny you said that because my group goes out. We go up maybe sometimes 10 guys. And we have a bus. We'll be going to a, a funeral or an event. And it's funny when the guys are on the bus, as soon as I start the bus up, I'm driving. I listen to the conversations. And I'll hear one of them go, hey, that happened to me too. And it's a time for them to share. And, and they, even though we've been together for – this group's been together about 14 years. It's amazing. and It seems like every trip we take, whether we're heading to Bourne or Boston – Somebody comes up and says something. I didn't know that you, you know, had this going on, or you know, you're seeing what dog, what dog? Oh, I had that guy, and it's amazing how they they can share those stories with each other. And I, that, for our for our group, the bus is a safe place. Right. And our our comment always is, "What happens on the bus stays on the bus." Mm. And it's true that I so many guys share intimate things that their families don't even know. Right. You know, and I push with them at our meetings. The stories I hear on the bus, you should share those with your family because they need to hear these. You know, they may not understand it, but you can share it, and it's okay to share. Right. And I think that's important for older veterans. Um, and, again, we've talked before that our generation of veterans are the first ones to talk about PTSD. And uh, so I think that, you know, that's it's, it's okay not to feel well. Mm -hmm. But to mm -hmm. share that not only with your other fellow veterans, but the people that you live with or who care for you right. or, you know, who love you, you know, it, it gives them, I think, a better understanding on, what what's happening with you instead of 
you're just saying it doesn't matter. You don't understand. You know, so that openness, I think, can work. And I'm glad you have a safe place for those people. Yeah, absolutely. It's important. It, it is really it is really important. And, you, you know, Wolfie's got his coffee coming up this week. Yeah, tomorrow. And it's, uh, and it's that camaraderie that uh, every month, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're getting together and uh, uh, just, just being with each other. Um, at this point, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to come back after these messages. Uh, we've got Joan from Howlers calling in. She does the um, writing, the veteran writing, therapy writing. Okay, we'll be, we'll be back to take her call uh, right after these messages. So take it away, please, Larry, and uh, we'll be back to talk to Joan from Howlers. Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso here in the fourth quarter of tonight's show. We're, we're talking about uh, uh, getting older and uh, maybe some effects of PTSD and and some uh, uh, bad memories of some things that uh, happened in our past uh, uh, history. But uh, on the phone, we've got Joan uh, calling in from uh, from Hull. Joan, are you out there? I am. Oh, you're coming in loud and clear, dear. Thanks for calling in tonight. Thanks for taking the call. And and who are you, and why are you calling? <laughs> Great question. I'm I'm on the board of something called Consequence Forum, which is a literary arts organization founded by my late husband, who is a decorated Vietnam veteran, and he came back uh, in 1970, and nobody understood where he'd been or what had happened. And it took him a while, but 30 years later, he founded a, a journal, a literary journal, where people write about the experiences of war and geopolitical violence, whether they're combatants or victims or witnesses or family members. And they curate this material and publish a very lovely literary journal. And this November, we're celebrating 15 years of that journal. It was started in a graduate class at UMass Boston. It's been going for 15 years, so we've got two events I wanted to tell you about, and I heard Wolfie in the background say something about writing, and yes, we do have free writing groups for veterans. Uh, they have been online since the pandemic. They were at the Brockton Vet Center before that, and you can find out everything about us at consequenceforum.org, but I'm quickly going to tell you about two events. On Saturday night, Veterans Day, the wonderful band, The Gratefuls, are playing at the C-Note, and they're going to give us the door take for our organization. Very nice. So fabulous. And I don't know if you've heard them, but you can really dance to the Gratefuls. Well, it's the, and it's the C-Note. Nothing, uh, nothing untimely ever goes on at the C-Note. Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. It's rocking. That's true. It is. Yeah, the second thing is we're resuming what we did every year for the you know, up until 2019, where we have an event to launch the new issue of the journal. Now we're doing two journals a year, and Volume 15-2 will be out in time for this November 15th event. So we've got the Mayor's uh, Office of Arts and Culture co-sponsoring it, and it's taking place in the new Civic Pavilion down at City Hall Plaza in Boston. And we've got a great lineup of uh, speakers, and there'll be some food and um, it's a wonderful event, and it's free. When is that going to be, Joan, again? That's Wednesday, November 15th, 6 o'clock. Oh, 6 o'clock at night, okay. Just in time for all the traffic jams. Oh, oh, that's a very, very friendly time of night. <laughs> but 
But in, somebody's getting out of work and might want to come. In, in downtown Boston, yes, downtown for Boston. sure. For yeah, sure. And the C note, you, I think it opens at 7.30. The music starts at 8.30, and that's Saturday night. Very nice, Joan. We'll, uh, I'll be at Wolfie's Coffee Hour tomorrow to hand out some flyers. Oh, Okay, Joan, and... and uh, coming up in this, uh, after the first of the year, we're going to have another show on the uh, process uh, and the feelings of writing something down. Oh, wonderful. Uh, we've got two veteran authors, two combat veteran authors that uh, uh, are going to be in. They're good friends of the show, and uh, for years we've been talking about the cathartic process of writing something down, even if it's only a sentence, a phrase, uh you don't have to write Gone with the Wind. You just write whatever you feel like writing. That's right, yeah. And the other benefit of that, Greg, is that, you know, only 1% of our nation, not even, is in active military. Less than yep. 7% are veterans. Nobody gets what it means to have been out there. No. So when you write your stories and when we publish stories and poems, and we publish stuff from all over the world because, you know, if you lose an arm in Afghanistan or you lose an arm in, in uh, the Civil War, it doesn't matter. You know, it's the same experience. Yeah. So we translate works, we publish works from all over, and then people begin, if they read it, they get a little bit of a feeling about yeah. what you've been through, which yeah. they don't know. So that sounds like a double win. Yes, thanks. You know, it, it yep. really does. It really does. Um, and, and, Joan, I want to thank you for taking the time to call in tonight and for doing what you do and carrying on in your in your husband's footsteps but we, we hope that this is just the start of our conversation uh i hope so too wolfie and i have a number of big events that we host and festivals and uh maybe you'd set up a table and uh encourage some vets uh you know we'll get you a bunch yeah. of pads of paper and number two pencils and uh <laughs> give give them out at the event and see if we can encourage some so, some vets to to, to write right. some things down. Yeah, vets and their families. We had a group for the uh, Partners of Veterans last spring. Huge. Yeah. It's Huge good. to see what, it's, what, what a veteran looks like from a family member. Yeah, and what the family member's experience was. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, boy. You know the story. Oh, oh boy. All right, Joni. Well, uh... Thanks uh, so much, Greg. Thanks, thanks so much for calling in. Have a great time tomorrow, and, uh... Uh, right, we look we'll forward to you having you on Saturday uh, night, right? Uh, yes, we'll uh, okay. Saturday I'll night down to C Note, uh, uh, seven thirty. Uh, I'll be there, and I'll uh, have a glass of milk, and I'll be out of there a quarter of eight. No, no, oh. no. Stay till eight forty-five and hear one song. Uh, I, I, I'm going to do that then. All right, look forward to it. All right, Joni. Thanks take again care. for calling in tonight. We really appreciate the work the you're doing. Okay. Thanks All right, kid. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was a different uh, a- approach to the aging process. Uh, you know, we had Mike Cunningham on saying for years he uh, carried the story of uh, him losing his sergeant, uh, uh, Oxia, yeah. uh, 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 up on the hill there. And uh, he, he, he said that uh, uh, after, after 25 years, he wrote it down. He wrote down just a couple of sentences and put the, put it down he immediately felt better so we're going to we're going to talk about it after more more after the after the first of the year and uh I don't know Gail mental health seems to be uh such an issue these days right and and 
people, a lot of people aren't feeling so good. Right. You're absolutely right. Um, but there's help and there's hope for all veterans, um, especially older veterans. I mean, we have an entire clinic. We have providers that have, um, you know, postgraduate experience working with older adults. You know, we've got a great experienced team at the VA. And many of the of, of the members at the VA are veterans themselves. Yeah, absolutely right. So yeah. when or you, family, or you know, my son. both. Yeah, my son's a Marine. So they, you've got family members, moms, dads. that understand that they right. get it. Right. And and most of the folks at the VA could be making more money in the private sector. You know, have a different job environment, have a different type of future, but. I've seen that the people that work at the VA, they love their jobs. Yeah. And and if you love your job, it's not like going to work. And, it, and it's not work to a lot of these folks. Right. You, you know the nice thing, though, Greg, we've talked about this before, uh, talk about mental health. The best thing I think that's ever happened, especially for older veterans, who, you know, your memory goes a little bit and you might not forget, you, know, you forget a few things, that 988 number. Man, they don't have to remember that nine-digit number anymore. <laughs> right. they, it's funny, even on the bu- back to the bus, you know, they'll say, "Remember nine eight eight, yeah. prompt press one." Yeah, and and it's oh. it's they, you know, that they they've been able to grasp onto when you had that seven eight-digit number, you, you, they were flumbling over it, and I'd be, you know, so when that came out uh, this past year, I was like nine eight eight, you know, pick it up, prompt hit one if you're not feeling well, you know, and there's going to be somebody there. Who, who's going to talk to you, just right. like and at the VA? A, you know, right, it's, and it's a trained person. When you call right. the Veterans Crisis Line, they're a clinician. Um, it's, it's not just like talking to me and Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put me on hold. <laughs> yeah, I will get right back to yeah. you. i got to go rowing yeah. here. Got a sponsor <laughs> break. I'll give you a phone number. But, it, you know, this time of year, it, it goes into fall. But we, we've talked about before that it's not up to the holidays. It's usually after the holidays right. when the impact really hits, when right. all the parties are over and the galas and the the free veterans breakfast and and their friends go back and their family goes back to Oklahoma or wherever they're from. And the veteran is, is sitting at home alone. And so the coffee's a, a, a great way to uh, get veterans at least out of the home and, and back with some folks that maybe they can we, share this We with. started the food drive through because I asked Wolf just after we delivered a thousand meals at Christmas and Thanksgiving. I asked him if he thought those people were going to get hungry after New yeah, Year's. that's exactly what he said, yeah. You think they want to eat again? Yeah. I have the nerve of them. <laughs> so, so you know, and it was just the start of the pandemic. We didn't know what, what Wolfie and I were doing, but we just thought it was easier to have people drive through, right. and it turned out to be like the best thing we did, Wolfie. Really, and neighbors, if the veteran couldn't drive... Neighbors would either bring them or drive down here, pick it up, and bring it to the veteran. And, and so, Wolfie know. tells the story of the of the Cadillacs and the S, big SUVs that drive in that that are not there for themselves. Right, they're there because their neighbor couldn't get there, and that's who Wolfie and I really want to reach. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have you know a a, a, a vet. He's, he or she has a nice computer, and and everything's all together, and they can do all that stuff. But we know that that we've reached a lot of vets that aren't lucky enough to have basic internet service. Right, right. And and and, and that's a problem 
that Wolfie and I talk about all the time that nobody ever gives phone numbers. It's email addresses, Mm -hmm. and you're shutting out a whole bunch of the world of senior people. I mean, I'm not... They're using a flip phone. I mean, you know, that's their most advanced technology they're using for a lot of the older veterans. And it's all they need. Right, but I'm saying, you know, but email, they're not going to be able to... We had the last food drive. Someone came running over to me and says, you got to go over and talk to somebody. I think he said they're in a big Cadillac. I said, a big Cadillac here? They said, yes. I said, go over and kiss his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craig and I have been killing ourselves to get that guy to come to drop food off to everyone. But um, we just, I got to tell, we just, everyone, the, the Hull Coffee is tomorrow at 9 o'clock. We have a, a doctor that's going to come talk about how you use the cannabis. So I'm calling it Cannabis for Dummies. I don't think that's what he's calling it. But, but um, Gail, I tell a funny story. This is why the veterans have to go and work with Gail out of the, uh, the Boston, uh, the um, Brockton VA, is she's with that telehealth thing. She said, well, I get everybody on the computer who I could. And I said, that's not the problem with us whole guys. I said, we can't remember the password. <laughs> yeah. She says, hell with HIPAA. Don't worry. I got everyone's password. If we can find the computer. <laughs> right. where, do, where do we yeah. put that, that, that laptop so now? You, yeah, you could go to VA and get Gail. She understands all you knuckle draggers. <laughs> so, Gail, is there a phone number that someone could call, should call at the, at the VA, maybe reaching out for... For, for some help to, to like to talk to somebody? Sure. Um, they can call me directly. I actually get a fair number of calls from people. Uh, my direct line is 774-826-2834. It might take me a couple of days to get back to you, but um, that's one way. There's the Veterans Crisis Line. There's your VSO, your Veterans Service Officer, who's usually at town hall or at the senior center in your community there's a lot of help out there there's a lot of people that want to help you just got to pick up the phone and and 988 jen has been a has has been a uh a, 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 a pretty large success so far has it not that it has i it, don't have a new update but um the first one that came out that i gave you the yeah. flyer on it was 98 percent of the calls did not turn into a 911 call mm-hmm which is huge. That's right. huge. They they disarmed ninety eight percent of the people. They just were there. Yep. We're, we're there. That's someone to talk to. Someone to talk to. Someone that knows what to say back. No right. knows what not to say. And nine eight eight folks. It's uh, something that uh, uh, we, we all should keep uh, available. If not for us. Uh, uh, even if you see somebody that, that, that might need some help. Uh. And it works because I used it.